You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. How's everybody doing? Y'all doing good? Yeah, awesome. How many are a fan of coming? Uh, it's not like we're going to go back to morning services, but I don't want to act like I'm putting that out there, but you kind of liked getting up and coming to church this morning. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, next week we're going back to evening services, so sorry. Um, I'm glad we, we threw you one. We threw you one this year, so <laughs> you, get, you get one. Um, how many people watching the Super Bowl this afternoon? Come on. It's an American thing to do, right? Actually, it's the godly thing to do. You need to watch the Super Bowl. All right, we're gonna, before we get to the message today, we just need to know who's going for who. Who's pulling for Tom Brady? Raise your hand. Bucks. Mm-hmm. Who's going for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? How many of you are really, what you're really rooting for is Tom Brady to lose? At least 50% of the people going for the Chiefs are like, he doesn't need seven Super Bowls. Come on. I mean, is it seven? Somebody who knows football, is it, would it be seven? Well, your pastor's going for Tom Brady, so y'all can just get over that. You're like, don't you know that he, he's a cheater? I do, and I'm still going for him. So just, I just that's, where I'm, that's what I'm doing. So um, now today's, today's going to be a, it's gonna be a fun day. I hope uh, you're gathering with family and friends and just enjoying one another. That's one of the reasons we uh, just moved service to this morning, just, just so you could, you could do that. I, I want you to know um, the, the reason we make a lot of decisions here is not just because we want to make them. We actually, tr- we, we really believe in family. We hold a great, a, a high value for family. What do we mean by that? We mean, we, I'm talking about spiritual family, the people that you're sitting with today, but also your natural family. We, we, we hold high value for you spending time with them, doing fun things with them, being around them. Some of y'all are like, I don't want to be around them. But you should, you should want to be around them. And, and we want to, we, that is part of our vision. It's part of why we're here is, is to hopefully give you um, wisdom, understanding to help your family dynamic be better. Um, because cause here's the truth. Your family was given to you by God. Someone say amen. <laughs> that husband you married, that wife you married, those kids that you have, yes, God picked them for you. Someone say amen again. If you're sitting next to your wife, hus- husband, say amen. And, um, and so I, I just kind of wanted you to know that's just, just what we really, really value here, and uh, we want you to enjoy each other today. Um, today I want to I wanna talk to you about a, a subject that, that I believe, like, there's really no one in the room that is immune from the thing we're about to talk about. Because today I want to talk to you about comparison. I want to talk to you about comparison. You know, if we were all really, really honest with ourselves, just as human beings, you know there's one thing that we all deal with, and it's called comparison. In fact, some of you may have even already dealt with it today when you walked into church. You compared this worship set with last worship set. You compared that you just got brand new boots, but you walked in and you saw that other girl, she had brand new boots and you like them better than the ones you got. You're comparing, I mean, that purse that she's got, I liked mine until I saw her purse. And now I'm just really trying hard to relate with the ladies right now. Guys, um, 
we won't talk about you right now. I'm coming to you later. Um, but we, we all kind of deal with comparison, don't we? It's just something that seems to be on the inside of us. There's just something that just seems to be something on the inside of humanity that wants to be better than someone else. It's not something that any of us are proud of. In fact, it may seem a little bit ugly. But if we were really, really honest with ourselves, it's in there, isn't it? We want to look better than the next person. We want to have more things than the person next to us. We want to be seen a certain way. It's just comparison is one of those things that we can't really seem to run from. However, God talks to us in Scripture about this very thing. He has specific things to say about comparison. You probably already know that comparison is not a good thing. How many of, how many of you have realized that comparison is one of the chief enemies of your joy? It steals your joy. It steals satisfaction. It steals fulfillment from your life. Today I want us to dive into Scripture and really, really see what God has to say about comparison. Before we get to some scripture this morning, I want you to ask yourself this question, though. Begin to ask yourself this question right now, today. What might comparison be doing to your soul? What is comparison doing to your soul? Let me put it this way. What is comparison doing to your emotions? What is comparison doing to your thought life? What is comparison doing to your relationship with God? Have you ever had the thought, Lord, why don't you bless me like you're blessing them? You see, if we're not careful, if we are not aware, comparison can actually begin to run every area of our life. And so I want to talk around this subject today, a comparison. If you have your Bible, open up to John chapter 21. We're going to stay pretty specific to this subject today and, and just kind of talk all around it. John chapter 21, we're going to be reading verses 15 through 22. Here we find a story of, of Jesus, and he's hanging out with his disciples. Um, this is after the crucifixion. This is one of the moments where Jesus appears to his disciples. Um, if you remember, before we get to this, this story, um, he is just, Jesus has just appeared on, on the banks of a lake, and he's, he's kind of waving at his disciples, and he's like, hey, the disciples have been out all, all night fishing and didn't catch a thing. Kind of sounds like my experience when I fish. And um, they're out there. They, they don't know what they're doing. Jesus all of a sudden appears early in the morning, and he's, he's, he's like, hey, throw your net on the other side. They catch a bunch of fish, and then they realize, who is that man over there? And they're like, it's Jesus. So Peter jumps in the water, swims as, as fast as he can, gets over to Jesus. And this is kind of where we pick up in the story. It says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Verse 17, a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Just kind of a little interesting side note here. This is after Peter had just denied Jesus three times. 
And Jesus was so merciful and so graceful, he actually gave him three times to confirm his relationship with him. Just a cool little, little Bible note right there for you. Verse 18, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself, went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to Peter to let him know what kind of death he would glorify God. What is Jesus doing? He's actually revealing the future to Peter right here. He's actually revealing what his life is going to end up like. Not the best news, death, kind of not the best news from Jesus, but he's letting him know what's coming. He's letting him know his future. How many of you would like Jesus to come and tell you how the future is going to end up, right? So here, this is what he's doing with Peter. And then Jesus told him, follow me. I love this next part. We're going we're gonna to kind of camp here. Verse 20 says, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Obviously, this is the gospel of John. John needs to work pride a little bit because he's talking about himself here, okay? Peter turned around and saw John. In verse 21, he asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, look at your neighbor and say, as for you. As for you, Peter, follow me. As for you, follow me. So I want to title today's message, What's It to You? What's It to You? Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. Um, we thank you even just for this day. Yeah, it is the day that you've made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. We even right now as a people of God, we don't sit back and just eat. We actually contribute right now. We release our faith for your word. We release our faith that you're going to do something in us. We release our faith that we're going to get something out of today. We release our faith that we're going to leave different than the way that we walked in because we are literally opening up the living, breathing word of God. And we say, Holy Spirit, speak. We say, we say, Holy Spirit, reveal, show, show us how we should live. Oh, and just as, just as believers in relationship with you, oh, we say, we'll follow you, God. <laughs> we'll follow what you say. We'll follow your word. We hold great honor for you, what you would say to us today. Yeah, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 Here in this story, in this parable, or not, not parable, but the story with Jesus, we actually see uh, an amazing thing happen. We see Peter actually receiving his calling. In this moment in scripture, this is actually the moment where Peter receives the call of God on his life. It's where he receives the, the purpose for his life. It's where he receives even a little bit of the future, like I said earlier. This is a, an amazing moment for Peter. And can I just say, Peter's in a, when, when he actually receives this from Jesus, he's in a bad place. Peter is actually lost in this moment. Before Jesus comes to talk to him, you know what Peter was doing? He was sitting on, just sitting around, hanging with the disciples. You know, he had just denied Jesus three times. He didn't know what he was doing with his life. Can anybody relate to that one? I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. This is where Jesus, this is where Peter was at. He was waiting for, for Jesus to come back. He was waiting for God to tell him something. And here finally Jesus comes to him and is like, Peter, I know what you need to do. I've got your calling. I've got your purpose. I want you to go in this direction. And here in the story, notice the very first thing that Peter does. 
He's on this mountaintop moment. He's been waiting around. He finally gets what he's been looking for. And his very first response after Jesus says, now follow me, he turns around and looks at John and says, but what about him? In other words, he was thinking, uh, hey, Jesus, what a, what's John's calling like? What's John's purpose? Hey, d- d- does John have to die too, or does he just get to chill his whole life? Like, what, 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 what's John, does John got to suffer with death like me? Like, and what does Peter do? He goes to actually comparing his life to John's. He immediately wanted to, to, to figure out, well, is, is my calling better? I may be reading into this a little bit more than I should, but is, I believe these were some of the thoughts. Remember, these are real people, right? Remember, Peter was a real person. I believe he was singing, well, is, is, my, is my calling better or is, is John's? What's my, I mean, more sacrifice for him, more sacrifice for me. If so, God, like, why does John get his calling and I get the calling that I get? We see this in scripture before Jesus even gets crucified. You remember the story when the disciples are walking along the road and they're ahead of Jesus? You know what they're talking about? They're talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Here the disciples are, they're, they're rolling around with Jesus and just doing, watching him do miracles and they just get ahead of him a little bit and they're like, hey man, I mean, I actually stepped out of the boat. All oh, y'all were scared. I actually walked on water. It may have been a few steps, but for sure that gets me in the number one seat in, in, in heaven. It's got, it's got to. They're, they're, they're just kind of used to comparing themselves. And here Peter, when he had everything he was wanting, when he had the answer he was looking for, the very first thing he does is compare his life to someone else. And I want you to notice the response of Jesus. You know what Jesus tells Peter? He says, if I want him to remain alive until I return, he says, what is that to you? He said it nicer, but can I just say it a little bit sharper? Here's what Jesus said. It's actually none of your business, Peter. You shouldn't care about John. You shouldn't care about his purpose. You shouldn't care about his calling. That's actually none of your business. And then he goes on to say these words. He says, as for you, follow me. In other words, get your mind off of everyone else. Get your mind off of everyone else's calling. Get your mind off of what everyone else has and how much money everyone else has and what kind of cars they drive and how good their kids are and what school they get to go to. Get your mind off of all that stuff. And I want, as for you, follow me. You know what I, you know what I think Jesus would, would say to us a lot of times? Be, because here's the truth. We think a lot like Peter. Except in our head, we just say it differently. We come to God and like, well, why do they get to drive the car that they get to drive? I don't have a Range Rover. You know what I think Jesus would say? What's it to you? Why do they have that spiritual gift and I've got my spiritual gift? You know what I think Jesus would say? What's it to you? What is that to you? Because at the, at, the, at the root of those questions, at the root of, 
that wondering and that asking of, of God, of that comparison, you know what's really at the root? You know what we really, really believe? We actually believe that God prefers some people over us. He blesses some people more than he blesses me. He has bigger callings for them than me. And I, he, has, he has his ones, usually the ones on stage, usually the ones with the mic, usually the ones with the killer voice. Well, if you're, if you're kind of into church world, that's kind of your thing. And we think all these things about everyone else, but on, deep down on the inside, we actually don't believe that God made us to be significant, that God made us to make a difference, that God put a big calling on the inside of us, that he wants us to do amazing things. Can I just tell you that that scripture says that you are his workmanship, that you are his masterpiece created in God to do the work he called you to do. Jesus didn't just give you a little bit and give someone else a lot. He didn't just give you a, a medium talent and someone large talent. What he did is he gave us different talents. And the hard part is we look at each other differently than God does. We see things differently than God sees things. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Where we would compare and say, <clears throat> oh, yeah, Bethany, she's got a way bigger call than I got. It's like, I mean, come on, God, let's just be real, God. Like, I don't sing like Bethany. And you know what God would say to you? No one sings like Bethany. <laughs> no one else can hit that note either. So why are you sad about it? You just, we'll, we'll turn the music. Hey, there's a reason the music's up loud. Just sing out to me as loud as you want. Nobody can hear you. If your neighbor starts turning around, just down a little bit, but you can still keep singing. <laughs> God doesn't see it that way. I was telling our, uh, in pre-service meeting, all of our worship team and people that kind of make Sunday um, go off. I was just talking to them and this is one of the things that I've, I've been told before, uh, just kind of a thought that analogies really helped me. Many of us would say Billy Graham had a huge call on his life, and he did. I don't even know how many people he led to the Lord. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, right? And we would look at that and be like, he did it. God really, really used him. But here's a thought for you. Who led Billy Graham to the Lord? What if that pastor, what if that friend, the only person he led to the Lord was Billy Graham? Would you say his call was less significant than Billy Graham's? Because truth be told, if it weren't for him, Billy Graham may have never became who he was called to be. I think that's just a little glimpse into how different God sees things. How we should begin to gain his perspective on things and, and not our own. You know, I, as I was, right before I got up here, I just felt like the Lord kind of gave me an, an analogy and, and, and a picture. You know what God has actually called us to do as believers? You know what, 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 we, what we find in this story? He's actually, he's actually telling us it's, it's, it's bad, it's not okay for you to look to the left, the right, in front, or behind you and compare your life to others. We, you know what we need to be? We need to be like, forgive me, forgive me all you, all you horse people in here, but 
Don't they, don't they have like those blinders on, on horses where they can't see the left and the right? Yes? Okay, they're not called blinders, but that's just the term that I have, okay? Is this a bad analogy because it's not true? Is it true? Do I know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm good. All right. Just making sure. If it would have it been the Lord's fault anyway, he's the one who gave me the picture. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <clears throat> that's what we need to be like. We, can't, we don't need to see the left or the right. We need to see, okay, Lord, what are you doing with me? As for you, Keith, here's your call. As for you, Tracy, here's your call. As for you, Cody, this is what I have you doing. You put your name there. Jesus said, Peter, follow me. Don't follow John. Don't follow what's cool. Don't follow what will get you more Instagram likes. Follow me. Follow me. Hmm, where do I want to go next with that? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to skip down to 2 Corinthians. Here's one of the things that we actually need to understand about God. This will, this will help us when it comes to us comparing our lives to one another. Did you know that God actually has given each person specific spheres of influence. He's actually called you to specific things. He's actually let you in on certain areas, which tells me this. If he's given you specific authority over certain areas, there's also areas you don't have authority over. There's also things he has not called you to. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is Paul talking. I love this because he's sarcastic, which gives us sarcastic people an excuse to be sarcastic. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. He's writing to the church in Corinth, and these men have come, and they've been preaching and sharing. And then Paul's like, yeah, I heard about them. We wouldn't dare say we, are, we have as good as messages as them. We would not dare say we're as cool as them. But then he goes on to say, but they are only comparing themselves with each other. Using themselves as the standard of measurement. And here's what God would say about comparison. How ignorant. To compare our lives, to compare our calling to one another. He actually says, how ignorant. We will not boast about things done outside our area of authority. This is good right here, isn't it? He goes on to say, we're not going to boast about things done outside our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. Hear me today. There are boundaries to what God has called you to do. Here's the good news. Can God expand the boundaries? Yes. Can he expand, expand your sphere of influence? Yes. Can he expand your area of authority to a, to, a, to a degree? Absolutely. But you know what I find many Christians do? Because of comparison, they actually, comparison actually, comparison moves them into areas of authority they have no right in being in. And then they wonder why they are unsuccessful. And here's why they are unsuccessful. 
It's because comparison brought you there, not God. It was comparison that actually moved you into that spot. It was you comparing your life to someone else and you said, my calling's not good enough. My calling's not big enough. I don't know what my calling is. Maybe it's that. And you're like, but that one looks really, really cool. And so I'm going to try and be this. Is this making sense? I'm going to try and do this. And many of us know we've gotten into... This is not about condemnation or shaming you or whatever else. This is actually a process of learning. We've all stepped into spheres we shouldn't have been in. How many know what it's like when you step into a sphere that you know you're not supposed to be in? There's no grace there. There seems to be no favor there. You kind of wonder, like, how are they able to do that there? And when I get there, it's just everything's just weird and awkward. I'll tell you why. God has something else for you. We're all called to have the areas that we have. The question I want to ask you today is, I want you to ask yourself, are you okay with what God has given you? Let me just tell you this, in no way am I saying settle. Hear me today. In no way am I saying settle. Do not settle for less. Do not settle for something that isn't God. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what, what, where has he put you now? What do you have in front of you? Here's, here's a good indication of what you should be doing. What do you have right now? What, what job are you in right now? Where are you at in your marriage right now? Where are you at in your parenting right now? How do you handle relationships right now? Where are you at in your thinking right now? This is what God has given you. Are you stewarding the area he's given you now? Are you, are you letting him speak to you in, in those areas? Many of us want to jump out of this, this season called stewardship, this season called pruning, and we want to get over into the good stuff. We want to be the starter on the basketball team. We want to be the starter on the football. We want to be, in fact, this is what many of us actually think. We want to skip all the stuff and make it to the Super Bowl. Actually, we want to do this. We want to skip everything and win the Super Bowl. And then we beat ourselves up because like, man, I'm a, I'm a failure. I'm not a Super Bowl winner. It's like you hadn't even played Pee Wee yet. You hadn't even got through Pee Wee yet. Have some perspective. This is supposed to be encouraging when I do this. <laughs> well, sometimes we just are, myself included, we, when we compare ourselves to someone else, we begin to beat ourselves up. We begin to think we are not good enough. We begin to think we are less than. We begin to think we will never get there. You know what? I can only listen to so much T.D. Jakes. Because I just start comparing, and I'm like, I'm not even a preacher. I am not even, I don't, I don't even know my Bible. I literally don't know my Bible. I never even read, he makes me feel like I don't even read it. You know what I mean? It's like, how do you know all that you know? You know what, I, I really believe in the, let me kind of take this to the body of Christ. I, lo- I think the enemy would love for us as the body to compare ourselves to one another because it's actually the opposite of what God wants us to do for each other. You know what God wants us to do with one another? You know what our talents should do? You know what our experiences should do? It should actually spur one another on to good works. 
We should actually be able to build each other up. We should actually be able to look at someone else who's older than us, who's more seasoned than us, and say, wow, if God did it for them, I have hope too. Wow, if they got to where they got, hey, I know where I'm at right now, God can get me there too. We're supposed to actually encourage one another and help one another. But comparison will actually steal the very thing that God wants for the body of Christ. And instead of being inspired, we will compare and we will compete. Instead of building each other up, we will try to be better then. Can I just say this? Don't let the enemy win. Let me say it another way. Don't let your flesh win. Don't let comparison run your life. Galatians chapter um, 6 gives us insight, okay, how do we do this? What does it look like to actually do this? Paul gives us some wisdom right here. He says, pay careful attention to your own work. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. We want to know how you live a life satisfied, you live a life fulfilled. He says, pay attention to your own work. Paul's saying, as for you, he's saying what Jesus said to Peter, as for you, follow me. This is your work. This is what I've called you to do. You'll get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Should we beat ourselves up because we compare our lives to one another? No. Should we ever beat ourselves up for anything? No. You know what we do? We say, Lord, forgive me. I actually didn't know that I was doing that. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know your word said so much about comparison. You know what I'll do? I'll stop. In that repentance, it's saying, God, my way is wrong. I see the right way. Now I'm going to turn from my wrong way and I'm going to walk towards you. I gave, I preached this message to our young adults and, um, on Tuesday, and I had one of them actually tell me this before service. She said, you gave us five points to help with comparison. She's like, thank you for doing that. And I was actually going to leave that out this service, but because she said that, I'm actually going to throw, throw it in right here. If you want to take notes here, if you have a phone and you want to type them into your notes, um, <clears throat> write them down. I want to give you five ways that you can actually battle comparison. Five ways for you to overcome comparison. Number one, pay attention to your own work. Pay attention to your own work. Pay attention to your own calling. Number two, keep your focus on Jesus. When Peter went to comparing, Jesus said this, hey, bro, follow me. Stop looking around. Follow me. Look to Jesus. I realize some of you are in here today and you're like, all this is really, really good. I actually don't know what I'm called to do. You say to focus on my own calling, to focus on the the plan that God has for me. I don't even know what that is. Well, guess what you need to do? You need to look to Jesus. You need to keep following Jesus. Can he use other people to tell you what, what you're called to do? Yeah, he can. He can use anything. But look to him 
and he'll reveal himself to you. <clears throat> Everyone got a kick out of this next one. One of the ways that you, you get over comparison is you don't compare yourself to others. Like, just don't do it. <laughs> I don't, don't know what else to say right there, but it's just like, that's what scripture says. Don't compare yourself. So that means the moment that you begin to compare yourself, tell yourself, stop it. Maybe a better one, say this, what's it to you? Just talk to yourself. Steve Backlund's gonna be here in two weeks. He wrote a book called, You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. We should all be talking to ourselves a lot. I would suggest you not doing it in front of other people, but we should be talking to ourselves a lot. So don't compare yourself to others. Number four, and this is where it gets deep. This is where you, you deal with the root. <clears throat> Believe what God has for you is significant. Hear me today, you're significant. You're important to him. Just like you see callings on other people's life, that exact same thing is for you. He has a plan for you to prosper you and not to harm you a plan for you to give you a hope and to give you a future. If you are in relationship with him, he has a plan for you. Before you were in relationship with you, with him, before you were even born, he had a plan for you. He didn't just create a, a, a plan for you. Hear me today. He created you for the plan. He actually had a plan that he wanted done on this earth. And he says, I have the perfect woman to do it. I have the perfect man to do it. You are significant. Believe what God has for you is significant. And then number five, believe what God has for you is the best thing for you. In other words, trust him. Trust him. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to RenewLifeChurch.com.